All right, welcome to episode 54 of the Abad Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with my co-host, Miles Porter, and we're also joined by Gabe Wilkins from War Media's Open Run. How are we doing today, guys? How are we doing, Miles? Doing good, man. Had, a, had an amazing win last night. That felt felt amazing. Had a, had a go-ahead double against a very good team, the Sheboygan A's. Uh, again, it, it, it kind of a packed house last night at the game. So it felt great, man. It felt, it felt great feeling good going into this weekend for uh, two more games. So, yeah, doing good. Doing good. Yo, right I'll, I'll clip, I'm going to clip it. I'm going to clip it on here. I'm going to stitch because you sent me the videos. But, dude, also, I saw the, the, the videos where you were showing emotion. I was like, my boy, Miles, fired up. Like, <laughs> I've been watching that, that, too. Was, that was one of the biggest hits of my like. <laughs> baseball career to this point because of the stage it was on the team we were playing and man bro uh, any anytime you, you put your team in, in, in front or, or you tie the game whatever the case is oh my gosh yeah i mean trust me like i i the only thing the only thing i've ever comes close and it's like not even that close because it's softball and like like little kids can like hit that ball too but when i when i i'll tell you one thing miles i got a triple once in my short uh softball career and uh, there were three people in the stands, and I thought I hit one in the World Series. You know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> that's as close as I can get, Miles. So you know what I'm saying? So that's hey man, I, the moment's the moment. You know, no matter <laughs> no matter where it is, it feels good. I, I needed an oxygen tank after that, but that's, yeah, it is what it is. Gabe, how we doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. It's always a pleasure to be on talking baseball with you guys. I definitely caught your footage. On your on your baseball game, Miles. I'm like, man, we need you on the south side with the running <laughs> position, man. Hey, Rick, right. need some help, man. For real, for we'll real. You got three or four, man. Poke <laughs> me out there, I'm gonna throw some hey. people out. <laughs> Be like, yeah, they're gonna be like, hey, Miles, you play second base. You can play All second right, base. Right, man. Yeah, we, Let's we, come we through. Need come through. We, we need some help on thirty fifty shields, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah I play second, yeah. <laughs> I can make I can no. make it look good. I play thirds. Not, not there you same. go. Yeah, we need all the hell we can get. <laughs> yeah, true. I was gonna say when when Yohan's injured, there you go. There, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He, he, Miles can go in there and 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 do work. So man, pinch We're hit done. something. Yeah, <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, but it's good to hear Miles. Love love to hear, man. Miles Corner is always on fire, and uh, love love to see the the emotion and the and you get raking like always, bro. Uh, but let's go now to Major League Baseball in Chicago. We'll start with the White Sox this time around. They're uh, 32 and 44. They lost seven of the last 10, but still they're in the hunt four and a half games back in the AL central. Um, you know, Gabe over the last week, is there anything that pops out to you for the Sox? I mean, they've, they lost uh, the series to the Mariners. They lost series to the, to the Rangers, but look, man, they've been in every single game. They're playing competitive games. It's just, they haven't been able to, you know, you know, get that, you know, last run across to, to get, you know, to beat the, the opposition. Um, they still got guys like Luis Robert, uh, who, you know, putting the team on his back. He's got a 930 OPS in June, um, 855 overall uh, for the season. Uh, Jake Berger cooled off a little bit, but that was, you know, he was so hot. You you know, you kind of expected it to, to hit at some point. Um, but, yeah, overall thoughts on the last week or so for, for the Sox? Been tough. Mm -hmm. Every game feels like a playoff game. And when you put yourself in an early hole, like they did in the month of April, losing 10 games in a row. That's the pressure that you place on yourself as an organization. Um, now, you know, you say they're four and a half games out. They were as a two. They're not their six games out. And that's due to losing two out of three at the hands of the Texas Rangers. 
albeit one of the best teams in baseball, it's no shame in, in, in that. But when you have series that are on the table, such as last weekend against Seattle and the series before that against the L.A. Dodgers, and you have a 4-0 lead in the rubber match of that series in the bottom of the six, and you give up a grand slam only to lose it in extras, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's very tough. You know, you talk about Jake Berger and him cooling off. Yeah, that was to be expected. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the biggest reasons as to why we're seeing that is because of a lack of plate discipline from Jake Berger. Mm -hmm. Can't swing at everything. Sliders going away. Lay off that. That's ball four. You know, it was a situation. I'll give you an example. Bottom of the eighth, 5-2, bases loaded. Yasmani Grandal strikes out with one out. That's two outs. Jake Berger had a 3-0 count. Takes the next two pitch, takes, uh, takes the fourth pitch in the at-bat. That's a strike. Fouls off the fifth pitch. The sixth pitch is a slider lowing away. It's ball four. But he's so busy trying to make things happen. And I get it. He swings at it and he strikes out. But in that situation, you can't do that. That, that, that pitcher has nowhere to put you on a diamond. You gotta, they got to learn how to take walks more as a team, stay in discipline, especially in counts that involve two strikes. And as I've always said before, this team has to find a way to get on the same page. It's amazing that they're even in this division. Mm -hmm. And they're in this division, let's be real, because the Minnesota Twins have not played up to par in spite of being in first place. Teams like the Cleveland Guardians, offense is anemic. Mm -hmm. And you can say the same about the White Sox at certain stretches where when they have runners in scoring position, they're not cashing in consistently. And they're, they're one of the highest teams percentage-wise in regards to chase rate. It's just it's just not clicking right now. And, and as much as I love Pedro Grafal, and he's a first-year manager still learning, he has to do a better job with managing his bullpen. Mm-hmm. I'm at the game Tuesday night. It's a 4-4 game. Gregory Santos is giving you an inning and two-thirds of work. Runners on, I believe, first and third or, or second and third. Corey Seager comes up. He's batting over 300 this season against lefties. And you decide to take Santos out of that game to go lefty-lefty with Aaron Bummer who left-handed hitters have been batting over 300 against this season. I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's like you got to know your personnel. And, and, and my question to Pedro Gafar and this team would be, is who do you trust when the money's on the line? Because you can't afford to punt games when you've dug such a large hole for yourself to come back from. Yeah, you're only six games out, and – it's not impossible to come back from that. A great week of baseball could get you right back in it. But you got to build proper habits. And this series against Boston is huge, especially when you consider that the White Sox have had 12 homestands this season, or 12, uh, 12 series at home this season, and they've only won four out of 12. And the mm -hmm. four that they've won were all against opponents in your division. So what that tells me is you know how to play against your division. But do you know how to play against the rest of the major league squads as well as you do against your division? 
they haven't proven that thus far this season. I think that's why we are where we are as a ball club from a fan's perspective, watching these games on a night-to-night basis and being there. Yeah, and you make some good points. I mean, they're 15-11 and 11 against the Central and 4-12 and 12 against the East, 6-10 and 10 against the West, 7-11 mm-hmm. um, and 11 in, in, in interleague play. And for a team that, you know, over the years, they, I think it was like maybe a couple of years ago where they were just elite against left-handers, 7-11 seven, seven and 11 against left-handers this year. But, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things where, um, especially when it comes to – because I know we, we we talked about it before, how, like, the criticism was with Ross and the bullpen and all that, right? But at the same time, the White Sox, for example, they have some good arms. So you got to learn how to take care of those arms and to use the right ones at the right time. Um, you know, because they actually have weapons in there. So that that does, you know, that that is true. Uh, Miles, from your perspective over the last week for the Sox, like what, what, what have you thought about them? Is it one of those things where, like how Gabe said, you know, you just need a week of good baseball, but they just haven't been able to do that over the last few weeks. Um, is it is this a team that, you know, in your opinion, would you say leaning towards selling? Or is it one of those things where, as Gabe stands, still in the race? So why do that? Yeah, I mean, when you look at this division, they're never truly out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even when, when, and I laughed at the beginning, when, when, when you kind of were talking about their record and, and, and where they where they stand within their division and, and it, it was sort of funny to me because I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's, you know, the, it, it, I've always said this, this is the team that you want to see when you want to see them do well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sox fans deserve it. Uh, these, these players work hard for it, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I don't know if, because I, I kind of I. There's, there's one thing I'm always preaching to people is that the season is is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, it is. Um, so in so many cases, it's like maybe there are there are teams like the White Sox who who are having a tough time right now, and with, with a division like that, who the hell says they're not going to turn this thing around in July? But I really like what Gabe said over Pedro Grafal is that who's your guy? Who are you going to trust? Um, who's a guy that's really going to turn this thing around in terms of arms for this team? Um, because offensively, I, I, I am very impressed for the most part. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, we got some discipline issues going on for sure. Um, and I think, I think with the White Sox, it's just really trying to find some cohesiveness. It's always been the biggest thing I've said with the White Sox um, is that they just, they just don't feel like one unit sometimes. And so with this entire ball club, I, I, they're, they're, they're never truly going to be out of it. But if you look at the season from a whole, and this is a team that were to get uh, a wild card spot, how is this team going to play? How, how, how far are they going to go? I would prefer to not see them get, you know, blown up, especially for Sox fans. I don't want to see that. Um, who knows? Maybe a few moves at the deadline. Maybe it would turn this team around. I just want I, for me. I think it's hard for me to put a finger on what exactly, what mentality this team needs to kind of have in order to uh, turn this thing around or have some sort of hope going into the next year and years to come. Yeah, you know when when you talk about buying and selling, Miles as well as Saul, you know. My 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 outlook is this. I'm not buying in this division with this current team with the way that they're playing right now, but mm-hmm. I'm not selling completely either. Mm-hmm. Right. The only pieces that I would be interested in selling are the guys that are on expiring contracts. And if I did it, I would follow the same template in which 
Kenny Williams followed in 2004. For example, when he traded a 20-game winner at Esteban Loaiza to the New York Yankees in exchange for not only cash, but Jose Contreras, an arm that he really liked and an arm that proved to be vital the following year when they went on their run towards the World Series. And Contreras followed that up with an all-star nod in 2006 and so forth, had a nice career here. And then he also followed that move up in 04 in that same year with getting Freddie Garcia from Seattle, who he gave up Miguel Olivo for in a, in a blockbuster trade as well. So if, if I'm looking to make trades, if I'm the White Sox, and I'm trading guys on expiring contracts, I'm trading to either build up my farm system, which is depleted, or to build or, or fulfill, rather, positions of need, such as maybe getting a second baseman. Like, I, I would consider the Yankees because they have such a log jam at second base and with and middle infielders. I would ask, like, are you interested in trading away Glaber Torres? Mm -hmm. Potentially. Like, how bad do you really want Lucas Giolito? I, I, I would ask that. Mm -hmm. Now, would I like to see Lucas Giolito go? No. But if they're not interested in coming to an agreement, both sides, that is, with the White Sox front office and Giolito's representatives, they're not interested in coming to agreement on a contract extension, you're going to have to get something for him as opposed to letting him walk for nothing. And they're going to have to shore up right field as well. And they can't be cheap about some of these issues, which is really why the fans are mad. But a lot of fans that say, well, you need to sell. No, you when, when you say sell, that means everything must go. You have mm -hmm. to do a little bit of buying and you got to do a little bit of selling. It's kind of like going mm -hmm. shopping and exchanging goods at the barter mm -hmm. store or whatever like that. That's where the White Sox are right now. The only teams that I think in baseball that are in a state where they're in a true rebuild is Oakland, Kansas City, Washington, and Colorado. Everybody else is playing for either this year or down the line. I still think the White Sox could compete because they're only six games back. Mm -hmm. You know, you and one thing we as fans do sometimes is we play schedules. We don't think about the game within the game. And that on any given day, no matter what your record is, if you don't come with it, you can get beat. And I think that's what this White Sox team is learning. Yeah, you got all this talent, but that don't mean nothing. At the end of the day, you got to work for it, and you got to build consistency. Starting pitchers have to go deeper in the game. Michael Kopeck said it after his performance on Wednesday night. My performance was embarrassing. And the reason why he said that is because he didn't go six solid innings. Mm -hmm. Where he and he and he didn't avoid the damage that he could have because he was walking guys. He didn't walk many, but just one or two guys when you leaving sliders up in the zone to Duran to hit a two-run home run off of you. That that that's the ball game in a nutshell. And then your pen not holding it down. Everybody got to get on the same page. And a lot of guys got to do some soul searching on this squad too and ask themselves, who do I really want to be as a player? And not only who do I want to be as a player, what's my role on this team? And am I willing or not to accept that? Yeah, no, you're right. And also just the fact that, you know, in Miles, we said this, uh, me and Gabe said this last week, like si there's six weeks of baseball before the deadline. That's a long time. And not, mm -hmm. not to mention, yeah. especially in this, in this division, 
uh, in these divisions, I should say, with with the AL Central and NL Central, like it's just so much time to to work things out and and all that. But uh, the one thing I did want to uh, talk about with the White Sox before we move on to the Cubs is that Jonah Heim slide, where the White Sox ended up winning the ball game, or sorry, the Jonah Heim play uh, as he was behind the plate, and it was Elvis Andrews mm-hmm. who was sliding into home plate. Um, Gabe, your thoughts on that? You said you were at the at that game, so. From from your perspective, how did you see it, and how do you see it? You know, when they played it on the on the jumbotron, what did you think about that play? It was a bang bang play. Every, the more I watched the replay, I don't really know whether or not he was safe. It it mm-hmm. was really one of those 50-50 calls. However, if that's catcher's interference, I feel sorry for catchers in mm-hmm. today's game because it's like you got to protect the plate. To some, you got to give them at least some leeway to protect the plate. And I've seen worse catcher interferences than that, if that's what mm-hmm. they deem to be a catcher's interference violation. But the fan in me was excited the longer they took to review the replay, because usually the longer they take to review it, the more likely it is that the call is going to get overturned. And that's what happened. And it proved to be a huge break and a pivotal play in a series because who knows whether or not it's a Rangers sweep if not for that. And I understand Bruce Bochy's frustration with the call, but it was a game back in 2014 that I recall that came down to a play at the plate between the White Sox at the time and the Giants when Bruce Bochy was the manager of the Giants. And he got the benefit of the doubt. He just didn't happen to get it this time around. Yeah, it was one of those things where – you know, it's like in the NBA where, you know, they they call foul and then like you're like, oh, thank you. And then like they call foul on you and you're like, what the hell? You know, it's, it's one of those things, <laughs> right. reactionary type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles, did, were you able to see that play? And and just in general, from a, from a player's perspective, uh, do you guys have rules like that in, in the league that Milwaukee Jaguars where the where it limits the catcher in a way where they can't, you know, be guarding the line or whatever? Like from your perspective, would that play uh, like how is that for a player? It's definitely, it's definitely tough because your mentality coming in is to just be safe. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to try to get a hand in there. So you're not really thinking too much about, you know, like, uh, am I going to be safe? It's more, how am I going to be safe? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tough for catchers. I can't speak from a, from a catching standpoint. Um, I think it's a very tough call. I think it's a very tough call to make. Um, if I'm a runner from that perspective, I feel like I got a clear path to the base. This is a matter of, did I get my hand? Did I get my leg in there first? And, uh, I don't know. I didn't think, I didn't think an interference call was, was necessary, but kind of like referencing Bruce Bochy, like what Gabe just said, uh, this rule became something very, very much more seriously implemented after Buster Posey and Scott Cousins mm-hmm. in 2011, that very, unfortunate collision at home plate that pretty much trickled down to all levels of baseball. So it's definitely, you know, I, I, I guess if we're playing by today's standards, I'm not too surprised, but it, it, listen, we, we got a lot of eyes on this game. There was a lot of people who reviewed this call to F it up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that, that's just plain and simple. That's just me talking from a player perspective, a non-fan perspective, that's um, that's brutal, in my opinion. Now, 
there's these things in baseball where kind of some of these rules is there's there's kind of blind spots in some of these rules in baseball right now. And, and this is what makes the game unique when, when simple as, is a runner, you know, running on a drop third strike and creating his own lane and, and, and getting called out or, or not, whatever the kid, you know, it, it, this is what makes baseball very human. This call was human, but it was also really stupid at the same time. Not the umpire's fault, not the umpire's fault at all. Um, that's a lot of eyes for you to, to go all the way to New York for them to screw up the call as well. Had it had a clear lane to the, to the, to the plate, in my opinion. Um, but I, you know, I guess, I guess by today's standards, we can't be too surprised about it, but at what point we do have to kind of hold some of these guys accountable. Um, but I love that it worked out in the White Sox benefit. So we'll, we'll, we'll take it, but definitely don't want to see too much of that going forward, especially if we got this whole review system just for the call to still be wrong. Yeah. And, and, and just the fact that, um, you know, at least in, 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 it was kind of a, like both teams ended up uh, kind of, you know, having a win with, with their, the White Sox having to win that game. And then the, the, you know, Jonah Heim with that celebration, you saw that, that's it. He had that celebration after hitting that home run in the third game. I saw that. And you know, I was, a, I was afraid after leaving the park on Tuesday night, uh-huh. knowing how Texas gets down as an offense that they were going to be real PO <laughs> and come out, you know, with a vengeance. Yeah. And they definitely did hitting two yeah. home runs and the two home runs that they hit had men on base both times, you know, two mm-hmm. run shot from Duran and then a three run shot from Jonah Heim, the best hitter in the game with runners mm-hmm. in scoring position and two outs. Yeah. He showed why there. You know, and it worked out in their favor, I guess. They they definitely made sure that they were not going to be denied, you know, victory two <laughs> nights in a row. I tell you that. So they, they took it personally. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, a couple a couple uh, other things, too. And, uh, you know, Tim Anderson, he continues to be day-to-day, right, with the shoulder injury, right, because he, he wasn't in the lineup on Wednesday, I saw. So um, hopefully, you know, that he's not out of the lineup too long. need him to get hot. Um, and then, uh, of course, shout out Zach Remillard, bro. Like, that was crazy. Man. Like, the whole fact that he, you know, was able to go three for three in his debut after seven years in the in the White Sox minor league system. He had that uh, – he had a walk, including a game – it was a game-tying and game-winning hit, right? Yeah, on Saturday yeah. against Seattle. Yep. And this and this yeah. is a guy who's been in almost a 1,000 minor league games in his career gets caught up in the wake of the young Moncada injury and makes a name for himself. And he's really the reason why the White Sox were able to avoid a sweep at the hands of the Mariners and the Rangers coming through with the single that drove Elvis Andrews home on that controversial play at the plate with Jonah Mm -hmm. Himes. So he's been doing his thing in big situations mm-hmm. when this team mm-hmm. is needed the most. And he's really been a, a nice story to see as a fan for, when you consider how this year has gone for the White Sox. So Zach Rimmelard definitely is a guy that deserves some attention and some praise for what he's been able to do in a spot that is really very tough when this team needs so much production with guys like Yon Moncada out and Tim Anderson, who as you alluded to his day-to-day pinch hit it in Tuesday's win against the Rangers, but 
It's said to be coming back on Friday, but no one really knows this time. But I, I, I wish him well with whatever he's going through, just personally as well as with the, the shoulder soreness. Yeah, and uh, with with uh, with Remillard too, like seeing his at bats, you get to see like the, like he, you get to see the veteranness in him, like all of his at bats, like how selective he is, how confident he is when he goes in there. Um, it's it's such a, such a difference from like a guy who's like twenty one or twenty two going in there. And, uh, you know, swinging the bat. So good for him and love to see that like, type of story. So uh, the, the as, you know, Gabe uh, alluded to, uh, White Sox take on the Red Sox for three. Then they go on that seven-game uh, West Coast trip. They take on the Angels and the A's, who are not pushovers anymore compared to what they were at the beginning of the season. I think they still own – or they, they now own our, our owners, again, of the worst record in baseball, I think maybe by a game or so, but – even then, they're, they've been playing better compared to what they were before. So hopefully the Sox are able to uh, get some wins there and, and uh, hopefully have a more positive week. Uh, on the north side of Chicago, the Cubs, 36-38, and 38, one of the hotter teams in baseball right now, winners of 10 of the last 11. If it wasn't for the Reds, and we'll talk about the Reds, of course, uh, the Cubs might be the hottest team in baseball. They're definitely up there right now. Uh, they swept the Pirates twice uh, in the last week. It beat the Orioles two out of three. Uh, you know, and it's been one of their biggest stories right now has been Mike Talkman, man, because he's an 88 at bats as an 805 OPS. His on base percentage is a crispy 0.407. Uh, the rotation's dealing. Uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, honestly, Mike Mar Marcus Stroman, I feel like as much as he's been an NL Cy Young candidate, I feel like nobody's talking about the fact that this might be his best season ever. Like, and he's been in the big leagues for a while now, and this might be his best uh, season ever. So, um, also, uh, Albert Altolai, uh, he's he's the Cubs' new closer, really, at this point. Uh, as, and also just, and he's, he's probably going to end up being the closer for the rest of the season because, a, a, as many people have heard now, Cody Hoyer had a setback. Uh, earlier this week, he he threw out his arm. I don't know exactly what it was. I think it's, they're still examining his arm. Uh, but that's just, oh, man, when I saw that, it was just a tough pill to swallow because it's a guy that has barely pitched for the Cubs, has barely pitched in the last year in general, and he was trying to come back. And for a team that like desperately needs a bullpen piece, uh, he would have been super clutch to have in there. And it's unfortunate that that's not going to happen. So, uh, but Miles, let's start with you, man. Over the last week, uh, what are the, some of the things that have stood out for the Cubs, the Red Hot Cubs? You know, they've been playing great baseball right now. Um, you know, and and as of right now, they they sit three and a half games back. Um, like I said, if it wasn't for the Reds being red hot, like super hot, uh, you know, they might be closer to first place at this point. Maybe even in first. Who knows? But what it would have what are, what are the takeaways you have over the last week for the Cubs? Energy enjoying and like enjoyment there they 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 come they they came off a very very uh long road series of not if I'm not mistaken I think that might be the longest road mm -hmm. road trip of the year yeah. um it, it, it wasn't it wasn't good <laughs> it, it, it was kind of bad for that road series so I think them coming back to Wrigley and, and being back in front of the home faithful and kind of seeing guys it just looked like they're just more alive the Cubs look very alive right now um, and, and this is a very, this is also a very up and down division. We, we, we saw a team, uh, like the pirates start off very strong this year, uh, only to, uh, what, what today is Thursday, the 22nd, <laughs> second to last in, in this division now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is, this has been a very entertaining year, I think for the NL central, because like I said earlier, this is a very young division, but, uh, a division that's on the rise you look at a team like the reds that's 
that's scary, man. That's a scary team. So to see the Cubs really just uh, come together the way they have since coming back home and going into London, one of my favorite places that I visited. It's amazing. Um, having that good energy going into that series, that's just great. That's just really good for the Cubs. Um, so I like where it's heading. You know, they come back home and, and we, we take on the Phillies and the Guardians. Great games, great games overall. So I like where this Cubs team is heading. Um, this guy just got to stay together. Christopher Morell. I mean, what, what else do we have to say? Mike Talkman, uh, Dansby Swanson catching a little bit of fire. Marcus Stroman, who, who's voicing his his opinion about wanting to stay a Cub. It's just cool. It's 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 cool right now. Um, but it's a it, it's a long season. Like, and, and I was saying this earlier, bro. And you 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 guys have heard me say it. This 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 team may suck in May, and then June's gonna come around and be like, oh my gosh. This is one of the greatest lineups in the world. This is, <laughs> this is baseball, bro. You know, it's, this it is just one of those teams where with the Cubs is just you. You got to give them time to kind of figure out certain things uh, in terms of winning and losing. Um, so I love, I, love, I love where it's heading, and I'm hoping to get out to a ball game next week as well. Uh, Miles and you, you know, I asked Gabe last week, uh, but your what are your thoughts on the Stroman thing? Because I love that Stroman's coming out saying he wants to stay because I want him to stay. Oh, but it apparently it did. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you probably like a lot of uh, front offices don't like when players do that type of stuff where they come out and, you know, say things like, oh, like they haven't talked to me about an extension at all, whatever. What are your thoughts about that situation? And then also in the fact that do you think what like because a lot of people still think I've heard plenty of takes where a lot of people assume that he's going to get that he, there's a good chance he gets traded. I don't think so. Uh, but I just think it wouldn't be very smart for a lot of reasons. Um, but I know that if they did try to trade him, you would get a massive haul because he's still got a year left. Um, and I know that he could opt out at the end of the year. So it's a whole thing. But anyways, overall thoughts on the Stroman situation and what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that depends on how the Cubs are playing by the mm -hmm. time the deadline comes around. <laughs> if we're, if we are right, if we are playing the long game right now, um, we, I think it's smart for Hoyer to kind of see how he pitches the rest of the season, how he pitches in the second half. Where's his Cubs team at? Where are they going to be in the wild card or the division? How is he going to? I think there's a lot of team, a lot of things to play. I think one of the worst things that you can do is ship him off by the deadline because then we didn't even get the full year of what it could have been. I think you got to let him pitch this entire season um, and kind of to see where we go from there. We don't know what his ERA is going to be like after the All-Star game. It's, it's such a common thing in baseball where, where certain players are one way the first half and they are a whole different way the second half. You gotta you gotta see this guy for you. You, you gotta see if he's gonna continue this 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 amazing stuff for an entire season. I think one of the worst things that Hoyer can do is ship him by the deadline and get more prospects. Bro, got prospects. Stop. Enough. Stop. <laughs> I'm so I'm so tired of this, you know. Like like we we I'll got prospects, we got guys, we got a draft coming up. We're good. Stop. <laughs> After a while, I'm one of those fans where I'm like, bro, I, all right, who, who's his prospect's name? I'm sure he's great, but but we're not good now, you know. And so let this guy let 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 this guy really just pitch this entire year, show what he's made of. How is he going to lead this team for the rest of the year? What, what kind of leader is he going to be in September or when it comes in the playoffs? How is he going to perform then? Let the season play out. I do not I, – I, 
I swear, I, I swear, if if he gets traded and, and I hear something about prospects or players me named later, I'm gonna punch a hole in my iPad. Like, stop. We, I, I, I don't want to hear any more about this. We just dealt with this a few years ago. We That's shipped true. our big three. Mm-hmm. Are, are we, are we still rebuild? Are we still gonna keep getting more prospects? We have prospects. We have a good future. Let them pitch. Let them pitch and then make your decision. Don't ship them now. Say that you want more young talent. Jed. <laughs> the, the the threat's there. The, the, Miles has said, Miles, yeah, Miles has said, and, and, and uh, real quick, I just wanted to say that, yeah, and we, we were talking about a little bit about it last week and just the fact that this guy wants to be here is so bad. Like, you could just tell, yeah. I, I, like, this dude at a nauseum talks about the fan base and about Wrigley and the energy. And he I think loves it. What, yeah, exactly. I, I think the whole him lashing on and saying, oh, they haven't offered me anything. I think it's really just frustration because he wants to be here and he wants to stay Because he wants here. to stay there. Exactly. And exactly. done that in the past, too. We ended up shipping them off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and even and even you like the, the guy fact that doesn't want to be here. You know, you're, you're, you're 100 percent right. You're, you're right. Right. And it's the thing that at least like I, I still think that they have a good chance of resigning because of how much he wants to be here and all that. Um, but I think that even with Jed Hoyer, because you mentioned him, I think ultimately, and I said to us, gave too, is that I think ultimately he probably thought best case scenario is that they're in the hunt for a little bit and they cool off and then they could just trade it. They could trade, make trades and all that because of the one year deals, because of Bellinger, because of Mancini and all that. Like, obviously he wouldn't come out and say that, but that's just my thoughts. I think that's how he would like it to happen because he knows the Cubs are still like a year away from comp- at least competing for like a world mm-hmm. series or, or at least like a, a division or whatever. So in, in this case, I don't think you expect the Cubs to play like this, the way they're playing right now. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, you know, it's just, it's a whole thing. And I, I agree with you. I, I really hope they don't trade him because it just wouldn't really make a lot of sense in that case, because then you're just left with, uh, you know, uh, with, you know, Justin Steele is an ace, but when you have two aces on the staff, like, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, it's insane. So yeah. Uh, like but two Gabe, good moves away from the deadline from being he, you're right. Somewhat of more of a threat in the sense. You're right. Why, why are mm-hmm. we going to ruin that? You know, exactly. I, I, yeah. No, you're right. And I told and I told Gabe that too with the fact that like these two teams with the Cubs and the White Sox, and because Gabe was saying that yeah, he, you know he's not going to give up on this team regardless of right now where they're at because of how these divisions are. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, you go into a playoff series with Stroman, Steele as your top two. Hell, Hendricks is pitching way better now. Like that's a threat. That that's scary for some teams. Like that, that, that a lot of teams don't have that. The Reds, who we're going to talk talk about in a second, they don't have that. They don't. They they could. They barely have one good pitcher. When you're talking about Hunter Green and all mm-hmm. that, like they have prospects. I get it, but we're talking about this year. So like, yeah, that that I don't I don't understand that. And with the White Sox as well, you go into a series when you know you're going to throw out their Kopech, you know, uh, cease. Like I mean, people. Some people are not going to like that either. It's going to be it's 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 a fierce duel. So. Yeah, I don't know. but yeah. uh, Gabe, your opinion on just anything Miles said, but also just from what the how the Cubs have been playing over the last week. Man, they've been playing real well, yeah. and I think it all started near the tail end of that road trip, taking two out of three against the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they took that momentum that they gained in San Francisco and brought it back home. And mm-hmm. you saw that, you know, with them coming th- up huge, sweeping Pittsburgh at home, and then taking two out of three. And being in all three of those games, might I add, against a tough Baltimore Orioles team that's not backing down from anybody in the American League East. And then to go to Pittsburgh again and sweep, you know, that's that's been nice. And the one thing that I, I got to give them credit for is I talked about the player Mike Tauschman 
last week came up big on Tuesday night with a home run, you know, key insurance run late against Pittsburgh to help them take game two of that series four to nothing. But like their starting pitchers are only allowing like three runs or less. Mm -hmm. And when your starting pitchers can do that and go six innings or more, as we know, those are quality starts in baseball. And those typically give you great chances to win. And Marcus Schroeman, I was just seeing something on MLB Network the other day where he has the longest winning streak since you Darvish at the top of this decade in 2020. So he's having a hell of a year. Also and, on the Cubs. That was on the Cubs too, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the longest winning streak mm-hmm. by a Cub pitcher since you Darvish. And mm-hmm. when, when you look at how he's been performing and pitching in a, a pivotal year of his career, that's great. And if he really wants to be there, should the Cubs not lowball him when it comes to negotiating with him at the, at the table, I don't see why not. And it kind of makes you wonder on the outside looking in as I am, well, if you didn't sell off the guys that you had two years ago and you kind of intermix them with the guys that you currently have, man, you might be atop of this division right now. You know, because I always this. felt like I, I, I always felt like a couple years ago watching them sell that it was it was hilarious to me. It, it was always, especially when you have an owner who is, is as I said to be Cubs fan and wants to build a winning product. And winning has a price. And I think sometimes these owners have to understand that it's too much money rolling around in this sport right now to not be spending. And you talk about how the Reds who is incredible as they've been. And I, I love that that team. And I think that they are for real. And I think the insertion of Ellie Dela Cruz and bringing up guys like Andrew Abbott has played a role in that. They're going to have to give up something in order to get something to try and maximize on this current year in which they're contending in the National League Central. And they look as though they're going to be around at least for the next few months atop of the Central with a chance to win it and make a playoff run. And I think a lot of these teams in the league need to really assess where they are. And if you win six games or less of your division, if not at the top of it, you, you got to be seeking to buy. You may not buy as much as a team that's like, such as like Tampa Bay or let's say Texas, but you, but you have to buy. You you have to, and the Cubs are in a good spot right now. But with that said, you got St. Louis coming up in London. You got Philadelphia back at home next week from Tuesday through Thursday, followed by a weekend series with Cleveland, and then Milwaukee and New York on the road for your last seven games to close the All-Star break. Those are pivotal series that you have to win. And taking care of business against St. Louis, a division rival, will really be a nice step in the right direction because it's going to get tough going into July these first several days prior to the All-Star break. No, yeah, you're right, man. And I think, you know, as you as you were talking about the Reds, and I did want to talk about them a little bit, just the fact that how good, how great they're playing right now. Uh, I believe that, yeah, they've won 11 in a row. And it kind of bounced back a little bit from the, just in general from the NL Central because they're, um, Miles mentioned the Pirates. I mean, the Reds and the Pirates just personify this division, right? We're like – one week you're hot, uh, the next week you're losing nine in a row like the Pirates have now and they're five games back now. 
They were, you know, they they were they were on top of the world. They felt like the like were how like the Reds feel right now. They were on top of the world until they faced the Cubs at Wrigley, swept there, and then they went back to PNC and then were swept there. They even brought up their top prospect against the Cubs, the catcher Henry Davis. Um, and he, you know, he played a a good series, but you know, you got something to say, Miles? <laughs> it's like it's like you lose it's like you lose a street fight. You're like, no, you know what? Come to my house. Come to my house. Yeah, and then you lose there. <laughs> You bring out your you bring out your big brother. You're no, like, I'm my, I don't, my big brother. I don't want to fight no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I got my. Oh, oh, he gave him three home runs. Never mind. I got my. Oh, he, he walks out. Um, never mind. <laughs> you got it. You're right. Yeah, we, we really, we really do. Yeah, we really. And and not only that, to make matters worse for the Pirates, their connect jerseys came out today, and they didn't look too pretty, in my opinion. I know, I know, it's kind of hard to make a connect jersey, so what it seems like. It looks like it's pretty hard because a lot of teams don't have a great one. Uh, but I mean, not every hey, not everyone can have a White Sox South Side jersey, right? Right, Gabe? Because I mean, that's, yeah, I know. Right, that's, I, the, that's I, hands I still, down I the best still one. feel like that's the best city connect jersey in the league. I don't care what no one says. I think the 100%. Diamondbacks are a close second. I like a lot of the gear yeah. that they release with their city connect jerseys as well. Outside the White Sox, the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins, I don't see nobody really messing with those three teams. Yeah, no, and it even it even made an appearance. I, I started, uh, you know, because the second season of the Bear came out uh, last night. I was watching an episode, and they chose up on there. They have a little pennant with the uh, White Sox South Side thing on there. They've been like, showing they, a lot of love to the White Sox. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I I, I I took up watching that show. I got to give a shout out to my friend Dominic Casaretto, mm-hmm. who who's a big fan of it, and they uh-huh. were like talk about Minnie Minoso and stuff. And yeah, you know, uh, like throwing puns at Cub fans. I was like, yeah. Wow, they really trying to identify with like blue collar Southsiders. So I was like, that's cool. You don't see yeah. that too much with these national televised shows that are based out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, like the the one of the one of the guys that works there too, he's not a, a prominent uh uh character in it, but he wears a socks like hat all the whole time. He's right. Socks uh, hat. I, I, I peeped it. Yeah, and, and then uh I think in the first season they even mentioned uh Alfonso Rivas. And yeah, I was like, did. what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like just the, the, the most like random Cubs player they, and they, they said it on there. So it's cool to see, but yeah, no, the, the, the pirates, you know, uh, the, their future is bright. There's no doubt about it. They got a lot of prospects. They got O'Neill Cruz, who unfortunately is injured this year. Okay. Brian Hayes, you know, they have plenty of guys. It's just, uh, they cooled off and you never know. They could be back later this season. You never know with how crazy this central is, but yeah, with the reds, um, they're, they're super hot. And, you know, they, like I said, won their last 11 games and, uh, yeah, Ellie, Ellie De La Cruz, it looks like the real deal. And just that whole lineup is just – they, they just seem to have such a, like, good core and such a good, like, relationship with each other. That clubhouse um, uh, looks awesome. I mean, Jonathan India is doing work. You know, the, just, you know, Tyler Stevenson. Like, those guys are, are, are the core of the team, and they're playing well right now. And they could easily take the division. I know that for sure. I know I did say that they don't have a lot of starting pitching, but to take this division – you obviously don't need that much starting pitching compared to other divisions. So I think if they want to make a playoff run, which they, they know they can, they're definitely going to have to go out there and get like a starting pitcher. Um, and and they definitely have the, the stuff to do it because their minor league system's loaded. So they could go out there um, and get a, a good hitter out there to, to stack in their in their lineup and all that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's that, that just, you know, says it all with the central and how good uh, these young players are and and like a lot of people say too is that you never know right now everyone's making fun of the central and in a couple of years 
the you know like uh, speaking more for the NL Central, the AL Central. I'm not I'm not too sure. I mean, I know the Royals have a lot of great young players and all that, but like with the NL Central, there's so much young talent. I mean, they you know this could be one of the best divisions in baseball in a few years just because of how many prospects the Brewers have, the Reds have, the Cubs have. So who knows what happens there? I ho- hopefully it's something good. But uh, kind of uh, one more thing with the Cubs, they're they're go- they're gonna go to London as uh, as Miles said. Uh, that's why I'm wearing my my Tottenham Hotspur hat. You know, got gotta you know represent London. Uh, you know, and uh, unfortunately they're not playing there. Like they actually, the Tottenham Hotspur have one of the best stadiums in the world. They, they that's where they play the 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 NFL games. They play them because like they have like the the retractable. It's so it's badass how they have like the fields. But they're playing it in West Ham Stadium, which is an Olympic stadium, London Stadium. I think it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool stadium, but not as cool as Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But uh, it is pretty cool that they're gonna go out there and and play those games against the Cardinals and the fact that they like maneuvered it to where they have uh they you know they have Steele going game one on Saturday and Strowman going on Sunday. I mean that's just got me even more fired up. Uh you know, but Miles, what are your thoughts on that man? Like how cool is that to get to go out there? What are your expectations? And what do you take away cuz I mean look, the, the the Red Sox and Yankees series from a year years back, those games were like 25 to 22. Like it was like insane, but what do you yeah. expect from those series? Do you think they're going to like juice up the balls again or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We maybe. I mean, I, I have I have a lot of confidence in Steel going that game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you know, and, and you know, he's going against Wayno, who has been getting hit very hard this year. Yeah. So I'm expecting the Cubs to come out swinging. Honestly, um, I'm expecting a lot of offense from this Cubs team. But the Cardinals are still the Cardinals. I think this is a team that you still have to respect at the end of the day. Nolan mm-hmm. Arenado, he's he's. He's my idol. He's he's the reason why he's one. He's one of the reasons why I play third base. But Ram Samir is my favorite third baseman of the couple of time. <laughs> Different conversation, another day. Um, but <laughs> but uh, no, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a good series, man. I think it's gonna be really good. Um, I just like I really like that Steel Stroman uh, combo that they got going, and you know they're they're facing they're facing uh, Jack Flaherty, who almost is a five year. Right, I'm expecting the Cubs to hit. I'm expecting them to hit very well. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty entertaining on both sides. Um, but, you know, I think I think the Cubs are going to have a, have a good series against this ball club because they're much different from the last time we played them. So, feeling good about it. Feeling good about it. And, and London's awesome, man. I, I got to go back at some point. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, just, dude, every time I watch soccer games from there and, and they show those – the, like the 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 skylines and all just just in general because i think it's so cool like they even when i saw this video at the cubs posted where they were talking about just the, the what the players think of the city and all that and i think goldschmidt said that it's cool because it's like a mixture of like the old and new they have like the the, the, yeah. the palace like in the middle and then like you know the the skyscrapers or whatever um it's, it looks it looks awesome so definitely it's it's on my bucket list for sure but hey gabe well what about you what do you think about the series and and is one of those series are you gonna are you gonna wake up 9 a.m on sunday to uh to watch that game <laughs> I don't know if I'll be up that early. As I'll probably still be sleeping in a little bit, getting ready to go to the ballpark to see the Red Sox and oh, White yeah. Sox. But, but it's nice to see that the MLB is continuing its tradition with the London series. And it's good to see two-story franchises taking part of it in it. And I'm excited, you know, to, to see what the Cubs have to offer. And I, I'd be watching because, as you know, I've always had an affinity for the St. Louis Cardinals. And Jordan oh, yeah. Walker is a guy who has been incredible. You know, is currently on a 13-game hitting streak, if I'm not mistaken. And he started the year on a 12-game hitting streak. And even though he got sent down to Memphis with their AAA affiliate for reasons I still have 
yet to understand. He made, you know, some slight tweaks with his mechanics at the plate and has found himself again back up in the show with St. Louis. And I don't think he's going back to Memphis anytime soon again, if he can help it with the way that he's playing right now. And he is looking like the five tool player that he was exhibited to be and projected to be by so many scouts and more as of late for a St. Louis team that really needs him to be. But yeah, I, I expect a lot of power on both sides, but when you look at the pitching matchups, as Miles alluded to, yeah, you got to be feeling real good if you're a Cubs fan right now. And like I said, these games being against a division rival, you need them, especially when you have an opponent like Philadelphia coming into town on Tuesday of next week. No, yeah, you're you're right, and, and uh, I say yeah, I still don't understand why that why they sent out Jordan Walker, but good to, good to see that he's back and helping this this team because they they need it desperately. Um, and, and at the end of the day, they're still in the race. I know, um, uh, yeah, like I've always liked these, you know, these games where, you know, uh, they, you know, other leagues go into other countries and all that. It's just cool because you get to see, you get to kind of like gauge their, their, uh, their attention or for the game and all that. And it's just cool to grow it because as we saw in the world baseball classic, um, it's a more of a world game than I think people give credit to, uh, credit for. So it's good to see. And I already heard that they're considering, uh, more games over there with uh, France and Germany. So those are be pretty cool to see that as well um, overall. But, yeah, those games, again, on Saturday, I think one's at 12 and the one on Sunday's at 9. So, yeah, hopefully uh, it's a good matchup. But uh, moving on to uh, the last thing we'll talk about today, which is uh, the All-Star. The, the finalists came out today. And, uh, you know, for the, the, the first two uh, of each position and outfielders, um, I, they have, I know the, the NL, I think I have four finalists, AL, I think I have like six or seven, something like that, but I know Otani and uh, Acuna, they, they're the top vote getters they're in. Um, but I did want to ask you guys about a couple positions in there that they're very interesting. And I know Gabe has something to say when it comes to AL outfielders and we'll, we'll start right there. Cause I know Gabe wants to talk about that, uh, with the AL out, outfielders, they had the finalists. They got is Aaron judge, Mike Trout, Randy Rosarena, Riordan Alvarez, Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, Adoles got to see him. And we talked about it before we came on. Luis Roberts not there. Gabe, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, Kevin Kiermeyer, he's a hell of an outfielder with the glove. But what Luis Roberts doing right now, mm -mm. I mean, I, I just don't know how it's not being held in a high regard. I understand that the White Sox haven't performed up to the levels in which people across the country as well as the Chicagoland area expected them to, but he's a guy that deserves some accolades behind his name for the way in which he's played. And while he has a gold glove of his own that he earned his rookie season here in Chicago, he's putting together the best year of his career thus far. He has a career high 18 home runs. It's been one of the first seasons which he's fully been healthy. And you talk about how he has an OPS over 800 and over the month of June, has had an OPS over 900. And if not for him, there's no telling where this ball club would be. And La Pantera is a guy who, if he continues to ascend and stay disciplined at the plate, you know, a couple times here and there, he could easily be a top 10 player in the sport. And Adolis Garcia barely making it too was something that kind of fascinated me as well because when you look at the way in which he's been playing, with 16 home runs, leads the league in RBIs with 58. He's a guy that is a perennial all-star to me as long as he's producing at the level in which he has. And 
I feel like you have to award winning. And I just was fascinated with how it took a late minute push for him to get into this. Mm-hmm. Because at one point in time, he was just outside of the top six guys. So I, I just don't know what fans are watching to a certain degree. I don't. I even saw like Yasmani Grandal was top 10 among catchers. And as much as I, I like Yas, I don't, with the season that he's had compared to previous years, which have been much better, I didn't get that either. So it's kind of like, what are we watching? You know, and, and I, I, I say this though, Canada showed up mm-hmm. for the American League. It's a lot of Blue Jays. And it's interesting because when Five, you look at the actually. standings, yeah, yeah, like when you look at the standings, if I didn't know anything about baseball, I would probably think that Toronto has the best record in the American <laughs> League right now. I would, based <laughs> off of these final selections that you have to choose from for positions in the All-Star game. Yeah, and, and they sit at 41 and 35, 10 and a half games back of the Rays. So they're still on the hunt for a playoff spot, no doubt. But yeah, the fact that they have that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, but it just goes to show as well with the big fan bases like the Cubs as well, as you mentioned with uh, Kiermeyer, because I mean, he doesn't deserve to be in there with the 760 OPS. You got Mancini, who's a top five for first baseman. I mean, that's just flat out ridiculous. Like, love the guy, great, great guy overall, but just as a player, has not been just. I don't even want to look at his OPS. It, right. That's how, that's how bad it is. But when, I again, get it with the Cubs. I get yeah, it with yeah. the Cubs, though. But, like, the Blue Jays, I get it, too, because you do have a country. Yeah, true. You have but, a like, the country, Cubs yeah. are one of the most, like, profitable franchises in yeah. all of baseball. We know the story, history. Yeah, that, that has its perks and benefits. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that Canadians were really into baseball like that. But it's yeah. cool to see. I mean, because I haven't seen that since the early 90s. Mm-hmm. With with the Blue Jays, and they do have a great franchise, might I add, but I just I couldn't get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and Gabe. Also, before I move on to Miles, but who would you pick as your three starting uh, uh, outfielders for the AL out of that group? Out of Judge, Trout, uh, Rosarena, Alvarez, Kiermaier, and Garcia. Ooh, that's that's tough. As my starters, I I would have to go with Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. I would have to also go with. Man, I, I hate to do this because Mike Trout is really the face <laughs> of the sport here in yeah. America, but Randy Rosarena has been incredible this season. I think he deserves to be lauded for it. And 100%. Yeah, I, I, I would also say, yeah, I, I would say Aaron Judge, Randy Rosarena, and Jordan Alvarez, even though he's out and he won't be able to play, I think he deserves to be selected by the fans as a starter and have an injury replacement on his behalf because he – He's one of the best bats in the game and he can change games with just one swing. And I've seen him do it many times. And I really think he's one of the more underappreciated players in the game today. And I don't know whether or not that has to do with him playing for a team that's been known for being in, you know, in a dark place with fans or whatever, due to the things that we know that they did five years ago, but he, he deserves his praise. Yeah. And, uh, I think Judge might not play either, unfortunately. They, they were saying that he might come back. Uh, they're hoping that he could come back before the All-Star break, but odds are they're going to play it safe and, you know, not bring him back. Um, but we'll see. Ho- hopefully hopefully he's healthy enough to play because, man, I just, I just hate every every All-Star game there's one guy, big guy like that, who doesn't play. And I'm like, man, can we ever just have one healthy All-Star game? And it's, like, impossible to have that in there, but um, and you mentioned it with the, with Trout that unfortunately you know he's not in the top three, but man, he's still one of the best players in baseball. But there has been some noticeable regression with him compared to other years, whether yeah. it be defensively, uh, with his OAA or also just in general, 
uh, with his offense. And it's still, it's saying a lot though, because he is still one of the best players in baseball regression for him is, is a, is a career year for somebody else. So um, it's still, it's still funny. I mean, also it'll be one of those things, a topic of conversations when do in the next few years, do does he play more of the DH role? Does he do that? But that's a conversation for another day, but miles, your opinion on these American league outfielders uh, and who would you get as the top three? I know Gabe uh, picked some good picks there with, with, uh, with uh, Jordan and judge, but who in your opinion uh, are the top three American league uh, outfielders? Before I start, I want to say this. I know we live in. I, I look, look. I want, to, I want to be nice when I say this. I'm a nice guy. Over there, I'm nice. I I understand that there are certain things, stat wise, that we don't value as much as we used to. I understand, but if 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 there's a fan that looks me in the eye and says that Kevin Kiermaier is more of an All Star worthy candidate than Luis Robert Jr. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's not going to be good. I'm going to run away. I don't know. I I listen. We watch the games. Watch baseball. Oh, my God. And this is no offense to Kevin Kiermaier yeah, at all. I said all. the He's same thing, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro has 190 at-bats, four home runs, 17 driven in. This... Excuse me? <laughs> I said like, the same like, thing. Is, yep. And see, this is the same D. I'm going to go on the same rant that I went on last year when it came to Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch I remember. the game. I am so tired of this because guess what? Next year, I'm going to go on the same rant again. It's not mm-hmm. going to change. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I just, bro, this pisses me off so much because I know I know as fans, certain, we have so much control when it comes to the all-star voting and, and everything. And it's good. And, and, and certain players deserve Things here and there, right? Um, but the ballers got a ball. You got to give guys credit who deserve to be in the All Star game. And yeah, I'm not a fan. That's all. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm putting it very simply. No, I, I, I think I think it is, uh, man. Who? I think I think for me at the at the end of the day, um, I think I think one of the most important things for me in, in terms of looking at in terms of looking at outfielders is just. You got to put Aaron Judge out there. He's a he he's a must. Um, Mike Trout has regressed this year, but you know that's that's definitely something that you you look at a player like that. This isn't something that's always going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy Rose Rain has been a dog this year, bro. He's he, he's been a dog. You you got to put him out there. And yeah, you're done, man. I, I, for me, for me, that's not hard. That's not hard. The, the, the numbers don't lie. You got, you got to, you got to, we got to do this fair. You know, we got to do this very fair. So I think it's important for fans to kind of recognize that as much as I want to vote my favorite player. And I also, just from a ball player's perspective, I want to see guys in there who deserve to be there. I'm yeah, going. no, I, I, I agree. And, and if, yeah, no, Hey, Hey, yo, my, my, do I'm, I'm feeling it. Miles, I, I, you know, that 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 Miles Anger today is on point today. It's, it's from a ball player's it's, perspective. Yeah. Bro. Like, no, but I, like, I get it. The, the, I, you I know, get real it. recognizes real. You know what I mean? I get like it. guys deserve more credit than they get, and that's what yeah. pisses me off about it. Yeah. Even as a fan, I feel your pain on that. Mm-hmm. Even as a fan, because I still try yeah. to look at it through a player's lens, man. And yeah. When when you when you put all that in the perspective the way you do, Miles, I, I have that gripe as well. Because even if Luis Robert isn't in your top six, fine, but like. 
how he fell outside the top 20, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. He's been all around. I see the highlights on a nightly basis. I'm at the ballpark. I was there when he, you know, hit three home runs in a row of three straight days against Houston. The man is an all-star this season. I don't give a damn how you feel. He's a, he's an all-star. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and just the fact that, like, MLB, like, tries to avoid this by having the stats right there when you vote, and yet people still disregard the stats and just vote for their favorite team's player is crazy to me. But I mean, look, it, look, it, and it, I'm the, t- <laughs> and I, and I just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and like the thing is too is like, I, I, it doesn't matter how much I'm a Cubs fan, I, I'll, I'm, not, I would never be like, I'm not gonna vote for a White Sox player. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and there's plenty yeah, of people. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, plenty of people. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, and I'm sure plenty of people do that, which doesn't make any sense. Like, it's an all star game, bro. Like, it ain't. It's not that serious where like you have to like shun your other teams or and like, whether you made. vote for them or not. Every team is represented in the MLB All Star. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. so yeah. It don't matter. They gotta yeah. pick at least one player exactly. for every team now. So yeah. it doesn't matter. And I voted for Cub players in the National League that I like. So mm-hmm. especially if they were deserving of it, whether I was yep. a Cub fan or not. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's some people just like, I don't, I don't get their strategy for voting. But unfortunately, it's Canada this year. I mean, we remember that one year it was Kansas City. Uh, oh, even though they man. were, even though they, even though they yeah, were good, they, they, even, even though they were good, but that was still just out of line. Yeah, that but, was crazy. Uh, a, a couple more positions I want to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll go in the uh, now in the NL, um, where they got you know, uh, like I said, Ronald Acuna is going to go to the all is going to go. He's automatically going to the All Star game with how many votes he has. Um, you know, he got a race between Arenado, Austin Riley at third base, uh, Luisa Rise and Albies at second base. Um, but for you guys. I, I want to, and, and you know what? Because I, you you mentioned Freddie Freeman, uh, Miles. So I want to talk about Freddie Freeman in first base. Who would you guys take? And we'll start with you, Miles. We'll, who would you take? And it might be easy for you in this case. And you might just say Freddie, but I do. I still want to hear your case anyway. Between Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson at first base, he's saying. That's that's oh, it's it's tougher than than I think it would be because uh-huh. I, I think I think Matt Olson has actually been. Uh, very good for this team mm-hmm. um, and has really made a, kind of his own name, you know, following up a very tough act in Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I'm still going with Freddie Freeman just because I think he has solidified himself longer, um, continues to be a leader in the clubhouse and, and, and obviously Matt Olson is a leader in his own right. Um, but, but Freddie Freeman throughout his entire year has continued to, you know, just produce and perform for both teams that he's been on. And, he, and, and, and for, for example, when, when the, his first year with, with the Dodgers, when, when he was still missing the Braves, he was still performing well for the Dodgers, knowing uh, that his heart was still in Atlanta, still playing his butt off for Los Angeles, still playing hard for his teammates. That is awesome. That's awesome for him to have that great of a year, even though maybe some people didn't see it and wanted to vote for the wrong players into the All-Star game. But ha-ha, he still made it into the All-Star game, so they can shut up. Um, <laughs> so I think I think you look at someone uh, like Freddie Freeman, and it's just, you know, I, for me, I got to go with Freddie Freeman, but Matt Olson also deserves all the credit in the world. Yeah, it's a tough one. So, Gabe, who would you go in the, for the NL first base right now? Man, that's that's real tough. 
That's real tough. I, I get the argument for Freeman. I do. I think he's going to be an all-star no matter what, whether he gets in as a starter or reserve, and deservedly so. But it's kind of hard to go against teams that have guys on it that are winning and playing a major part in it. And that's what Matt Olson is doing right now in Atlanta. 21 home runs, 52 knocked in. This Brave team is not your traditional National League team. They hit for power. And they do it in bunches. And Matt Olson is pretty much like Georgia Power himself right now with, with the way he's been hitting down in Cobb County for the Braves. And I, I got to give it to him. I just do. I know Friedman has a 961 OPS. I know he has an MLB best 25 doubles, batting over 300, which is far better than Olson. But, man, Matt Olson, like you said, Miles, to be filling in – for Freddie Freeman has done more than just filling in. He he's made he's cemented a place for himself in Atlanta. And it's kind of a cool story to see when, when you consider the fact that he's actually from the state doing that, which mm -hmm. is something that the Braves have always been so great at doing when it comes to assessing talent within their home state of yeah. Georgia over the last 20 plus years. Yeah, they love him too. They, they yeah. love medals in Atlanta. I'm, I saw I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah awesome. and, oh, sorry. and then and then gave it. You mentioned with the fact that you know, like it, it you kind of put into, um, you kind of throw in the ring the fact that the Braves are that good, and the fact that Matt Olson's contributing. I mean, it just reminds me that like I think my my mind changed on that in the sense of like for that uh, reason when like you know Stanton won the MVP and in the last place Marlins. Uh, like it, I, I get that you know. Uh, you know, you got to give it to the best player deserving whatever, but like, also you got to take into consideration how good the team is. You just, you just have to, because if, the, if the team's playing well, you know, or if you're playing well, but the team isn't, you know, how much are you contributing compared to how much you're doing for yourself or whatever. Right. So it, it's a whole grand scheme of things. And I understand where you're coming from. Cause definitely Olsen is playing for one of the best teams in baseball right now. And uh, he's still a hell of a player. And like you said, he's still going to make it anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, for me, I would go, I would go Freeman just because, uh, you know, how good he's played for the Dodgers, you know, it's a 3.2 war as well, but it is, yeah, it can, you could go either way. And I, I wouldn't be mad about that because those are two guys, uh, deserving, uh, of starting there. Um, and you know, another thing too, when, when it comes to that, uh, kind of talking about the fact that winners deserve to be represented and all that with the teams, uh, I didn't mention this, but I would also just because Gabe also picked Jordan and even though he might not even play either. Uh, he's, I mean, even the same with Judge. That's why I would pick Adolis Garcia to start the All-Star game as well, just because, uh, yeah, just because of the fact that, you know, the Rangers are playing so well, they deserve as much representation um, as possible. Um, and Adolis Garcia is, is definitely one of the best uh, run producers in the game, uh, let alone one of the best power hitters. So um, definitely would love to see him, you know, start the All-Star game there. But uh, the last one I want to talk or ask you guys about is back into the AL. Now, speaking of the Rangers, this is another position where they're going to be battling it out, these two guys, with uh, with the Blue Jay. Uh, it's Bo Bichette at shortstop uh, and Corey Seager. Uh, Gabe, who would you go in that in that battle right there? That's a, that's a, one of the hardest ones. Um, is Bo Bichette for sure uh, is being the best player on the Blue Jays right now, one of the best players in the AL East, one of the best, best players in the AL. Corey Seager is for sure, uh, again, also one of the best players in the AL. So who would you go in that race right now? 
Man, I, I didn't even realize. I'm just not seeing these finalists lists. I didn't realize how tough it was yeah. for Bumper setting his road to starting the All-Star game because yeah. after seeing Corey Seager the last two nights as we record this, mm-hmm. I see why he gets paid the big bucks. And I've always been familiar with him dating back to his time in L.A., but he's batting over 350, and he has an OPS over 1,000. Mm-hmm. And he... He's a big-time hitter, man. We talk about a guy who had a five-RBI night against the White Sox when Texas scored six runs. To put it, you know, bluntly, he was pretty much their whole offense that game. Mm-hmm. With the way he's hitting the ball right now, you 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 got to give it to him. You just do it. And the way he's playing with the glove as well, because he has some big plays with the glove in that series. Maybe it's because I just saw him the last couple nights, but I've been impressed with what I've seen all season long from him. In spite of dealing with an injury early on mm-hmm. in the year, he, he he's looking like a guy that's on his way to trying to win a batting title. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. He, like the fact that he's played a third of the year and he's done what he's done and accumulated that 2.7 war right now that, that leads the team. Or sorry, excuse me, second to Marcus Simeon. Uh, just says it all and how good he's been for them. They definitely would be uh, my pick for Corey Seager there. Uh, but, uh, Miles, w- is, is there a case for Boba Shed there? Are you, is there, would you pick Boba Shed or are you going on the Corey Seager train for this one? Oof. No, that's that's tough because uh, mm-hmm. Boba Shed is on pace for an immaculate season mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, man, it's – I don't know. And I'm trying to – I'm, I'm looking at both of their stats as we're talking. I think just with, with, with Corey Seager – I don't know, man. He, he's he's just been kind of out of his mind this year in terms of mm-hmm. his offensive stats. So, you know, you could definitely make an argument for both. Um, and, and both both hitters who are hitting over three hundred right now. I think I, I think I gotta go with Corey Seager, but I don't say that lightly. That's very difficult. Either one of these guys can be starting. Um, so I think I think there's there's. There's a there's definitely like a, a mutual respect for fans when it comes to these players. I'm gonna go with Corey Seager. I think also his contributions to this team this year has, has been incredible. Uh the the range seeing this Rangers team really come into their own is great. Great, great for Rangers fans. Um and, and it's cool seeing seeing a winning a winning Texas team at this new ballpark they have uh for the first time since it was built or it was open back in 2020. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Corey Seager, but I don't. I don't. I don't take this decision, Mike. Yeah, no, and I feel the same way with with the the last thing that we did with Olsen and, and Freeman. Like these are two yeah. guys that you know are just that good. And Bobichet, three point two WAR. Like he's good on both ends of the uh, of, of the baseball card. So, um, yeah, it, it could go either way. And, and definitely, we'll we'll talk more about these matchups as uh, the All-Star game, uh, you know, gets closer and closer. Uh, But I think that's a good place to wrap things up uh, for this edition of the At-Bat Baseball Podcast presented by War Media. Uh, I want to thank Gabe Wilkins for joining us this week. Of course, you can watch him on Open Run uh, as they talk more of the offseason. I'm sure you guys next week will cover uh, Wembe Yama uh, and the rest of the draft picks uh, and anything that unfolds over the last, you know, the next, uh, you know, hours or so. Uh, So thanks for coming on, man. Miles, again, thanks for coming on as well as always. Uh, So for Saul Rodriguez and the At-Bat Podcast, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys next week.